Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. They're our best bags yet. And they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra-strong with Arm & Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Blog Talk Radio. This is is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Xavier Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Uh, uh, what's up, Jordan? That's the, that's that's my oh. that's my day right there. Uh, that's how I'm feeling. But I'm ready to go, baby, because we got sportscast. We got we got some fields. We got some football. We got we got. Say it with me, Jordan. We got some hockey. I cannot wait. What? This is the greatest month of my life. We've done nothing but talk hockey, and we're gonna and, and just just for our hockey heads. Uh, 11 o'clock tonight, starting hour number two, uh, Rich Cardinal from VegasHockeyNight.com is coming on. And then 20 minutes after that, Chase Kimball from Bolts by the Bay is coming on because we thought Tampa was going to win. So we had set this up accordingly. So we're, we're going kind of You thought Tampa battle. was going to win. You thought. Hell, yeah. I thought you they were going to win. The, hey, I told you first and foremost that these guys were not going to bow out after after that 2-0, and they didn't. They just they, they didn't. They, felt, they haven't won it yet either. No, they didn't. I'm scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, also, shout out to you said Rich Cardinal. I'm going to call him Cardinal Official, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Car- Rich Cardinal. We're gonna. It's kind of like Cardinal Official. What, what is that song? Moving you, moving on me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think how that, that thing goes. Yeah. Because the dude's got anyway. That's beside the point. I'm I'm overly hyper. I just went through real life issues that blew my mind. Jordan saved the day here, uh, repping the blog talk skills. So that was awesome. But um, coming up in about ten minutes or so, Stephen Kubica, who we know very well from the Dog Pound Daily, has jumped ship after one in thirty-one back-to-back seasons and is now writing for the Buffalo Down. Coming in, I believe last year we had Randy Gersey on. Uh, so, you know, he, he's kind of moved on. It looks like Steve's, Steve's trying to go to greener pastures because Buffalo's eating the pasture, right? Isn't that? I, I guess that's one way to look at it. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's not exactly a winning franchise. 
He's hey, he's gonna get more wins than he's seen in like the last three years combined, though. Probably this year. At That's least. very true. That's potentially, very true. potentially. Um, <laughs> jury's still out. Jury's still out. So we're gonna talk that. Also, at, uh, in between our NFL preview for the Bills and our hockey talk, we're gonna talk a little bit about this this gambling some more. Jordan wanted to kind of touch up on it here a little bit, and if we do have time. Like I, I told you, Jordan, I want to play devil's advocate. I feel I can, I can win an argument, comfortably win an argument, arguing for both sides of being two and, or, or four and against the Vegas Knights. I think I put together a pretty good argument. Some pretty uh, you, you, you not beat that to death, and I'm, I'm for them, period. Anybody that says they, they, they're, they're cheating the system, we, we, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. And here's the thing is, I'm gonna, here, here's my, my kicker for going for them, is I'm going to give you so many statistics, not statistics, but so many thoughts that I think is why that it's not cheating the system, but what they did was they worked it perfectly. And that's kind of what I want to talk about because we talked about the cheating the system. So maybe let's just talk about the positive for once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I I do you know I kind of want to talk a little little side NFL. We we didn't get to talk the Dallas Cowboys because for whatever reason nobody from uh, uh, any of our correspondents decided to answer. I don't know if they're just butt hurt. Um, they're all but, unsigned uh, uh, free agents. They have uh, been released from the team. <laughs> But you know, and, and maybe I'll ask you this real quick here. When we see when I see Steve's number pop on her in a couple minutes, we'll take our break. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts. You know, with Dwayne Casey just getting fired in the NBA, and he's potentially going to win the Coach of the Year, which is the most ironic thing ever. You know, it's it's it just is what it is. You know, Jason Garrett, eight years as a coach, he's 67 and 53, but only has one playoff win. Now, I know you can say there's a little bit of things where, yes, he lost a home playoff game two years ago, but that was when Aaron Rodgers had those two freak throws that should have never happened type things. You know, and the year before, Des Bryant made the catch that they didn't call a catch. So I know, I know there's been a couple little hiccups. I get that. But, I mean, yes, you're 14 games over 500. So if you put that into an eight-year span, you're about, you know, one or two games total. So it's a nine and seven probably average record. You know, I mean, well, not even. He's got 67 wins. That's 8.3 wins a season. Yeah. You know, why is he still having a – why have they not gone out and done what the Rams did and get the Sean McVay, the, the, sexy, the sexy new young coach, or tried to find that guy to replace it? I just – you know, I heard somebody talking about Dallas. We got a guy at, at my shoot job who's a big Cowboys fan, and he was talking about the coaching staff. And in my head, I'm like – Man, I don't want to ruffle your feathers because I'm a little, you know, I'm in a grumpy mood today. But I don't, I don't know if I agree with Jason Garrett still having a job. No, I don't either. I also don't think uh, at one point, remember Jason Garrett was the young, sexy pick. So I mean, I'm not completely, uh, completely uh, admonished at the fact that they they haven't gone out and got one. Um, I think they want somebody who's tried and tested. Um, but I think everyone is also afraid of the job because of uh, old man Jerry. Yeah, and and I think that is a big proprietor of it too. But you know, just just kind of touching it since you know we're we're moving on to the AFC East next week. We still may try to do Jason, uh, J, uh, I think, or Jeremy Clump from uh, Inside the Eagles to do an Eagles review. He got back to me a little late today. He was he's been busy out of town with work, so 
you know, we were just, I mean, we're booked this week. It is what it is. So we're going to try, since next week, we're still going to be doing some some East teams. Next week, uh, Louis Toronto Jr. will be on from the Jet Press to talk New York oh, Jets nice. football. So that'll be awesome. And I believe um, we may have Brian Miller from the Finn Fanatic for the Miami Dolphins as well. So I might see if Jeremy wants to sneak in there and we try to knock out three and then we'll give the Patriots and Cowboys one more look before we decide to move to the next set of t- uh, of divisions. But, um, yeah, so shout-out, shout-out. You know, I appreciate them coming at. But we're going to hit you with this break. We're coming back uh, any moment. Steve, uh, Steve should be calling us. He's, he just landed an hour and a half ago on, on a flight. So I, I don't know if he's calling us from the airport or what he's doing. So just a heads up, uh, he gets mad props that he finally upgraded his team and still is willing to give us the time of day, you know, second, third year in a row. So we love him. We can't wait to talk to him. We'll be right back. Sportscast Radio. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is for where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pints Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out The Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, who can play at this game? What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No, but if you actually wanted boba, it's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Um, 
lot of tension now that I'm rapping. But the kids used to look up to you. What happened? Me on the car, strawberry hand covered with platinum. Different color coupes, but I'm in love with the black one. On point, can you get our RPs when slacking? So the stash box is big enough to the Mac and yeah. I'm feeling yeah. Oh, man, that was beautiful. Sportscast, we're back. Steve, you with us? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Yeah. Well, I gave everyone the lowdown, that, uh, the, the Buffalo down, that you have upgraded teams uh, from, from the, the Dog Pond Daily as last year we talked. One, two, I guess an upgrade with Buffalo. You just landed on a flight. You're giving us your time. We are at your mercy, sir. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, real quick, uh, just give everyone a rundown on where you're right for the whole nine yards now. Yeah, so I'm writing for Buffalo down now, as you mentioned. Um, you know, I'm personally uh, grew up as a Browns fan, and after them going, I, I covered them. They went 4-45. Uh, it was a little <laughs> too much to handle. So just going back. Going back to being a fan, as painful as that is, but yeah, a site expert at Buffalo down covering the Bills. Um, newer team to me at the time I joined, but, you know, now I've learned a lot about them, and it's actually really fun. Uh, They're obviously in the playoffs last year, so it's an interesting time to jump in and cover the team. Man, well, you definitely should have more wins this year than your last combined three with, with Cleveland, I I hope. Now I hope let's uh, let's hope that it, that you can uh, get rid of that bad luck that the the stink that the Browns put on you. Not to dog the Browns, you know. I, ironically, saying dog the Browns, but I I, I want to see the team succeed. But you know, it is what it is. Obviously, and we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. But main thing, Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, a team as you said mentioned the playoffs. I think a lot of it all starts right away with that front office. Obviously, your defensive coordinator is a familiar face to us Minnesotans, Leslie Frazier. But I think it all starts up front with Sean McDermott. Uh, Steve, kind of what's your thought going into this season with your coaching staff up there? I think they're a very sound team from the front office all the way down. Really the only question on the whole team right now, oh, there's two questions, is the few offensive line spots and the quarterback spot. But I think Brandon Bean, the GM, really heavily invested in Josh Allen. He brought in A.J. McCarron as kind of the, you know, people have to use the term stopgap quarterback, but he wants to be the starter. But I think it's an extremely sound organization. Um, Sean McDermott's running a really, really good show. I mean, they had Zay Jones had his crazy incident, and they handled that in-house. Um, so really well-run organization just with a few questions that are football-related, which is always a nice change. <laughs> Obviously, you mentioned Josh Allen. Uh, A.J. McCarron comes in. They put a lot of stock, it seemed like, last year, Nathan Peterman, until that didn't work. Obviously, they had to go back with Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor's out the door. We got Josh Allen. They come in. They go. They move up to get him. They put a lot of stock, and there's a lot invested in Josh Allen. How long do you think A.J. McCarron plays that stop-get role before Josh Allen does see the field? Yeah, I personally think it might be a similar situation as to what Bears fans saw last year. Uh, where Mike Lennon was in there. I believe he beat the Steelers, but had a few losses. They put in Mitch Trubisky. I think when you draft a guy that high, the plan is always, you know, let's go with this veteran. Let's see what he can do. But after a few losses, they're like, hey, we took this quarterback. He's supposed to be the next best thing. So I think as long as Josh Allen doesn't totally collapse in training camp, I think he's going to be in there middle of the season, maybe right before their Monday night game against the Patriots week eight, or maybe right after. 
You know, and, and I'm, I'm intrigued by it. You know, he's obviously the small school quarterback, but we've seen what happens with guys like Carson Wentz recently. Are you comfortable? Is this the guy that you thought made the most sense for Buffalo? Or when you still had a chance to grab a Josh Rosen or still had a chance to get a Lamar Jackson, you know, guys like that that were still sitting there, was Josh Allen the right call for you? Yeah, uh, personally, I thought the best quarterback, and as much as I know about quarterbacks, I'm like 99% of people out there with these <laughs> opinions, but I thought Baker Mayfield was the best option out there, and obviously he went to the Browns. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think he has a lot of upside, but I think he went kind of in his rightful spot down there to the Ravens. Um, I don't know. I, obviously, it came down to Rosen and Allen. A lot of my writers on Buffalo Down really like Josh Rosen. Um, because of the main questions with Allen of the accuracy issues. A lot of Bills fans like the fact that he's big because of that. I think it's a myth that you need a tall guy to play in the cold because, I mean, like Tom Brady's from California. He does fine. Um, or, like, California quarterbacks aren't good. That was another argument for against Rose and just stuff like that. But I didn't think he was the best choice, but I also don't think he's as bad as some fans are making him out to be before he even throws a pass. Yeah, and, and that's a good call. I, I, I respect that opinion because I think a lot of people think, you know, a quarterback from Wyoming. You know, you don't you don't hear about Wyoming quarterbacks or Wyoming football players that often to kind of kind of be frank about it. So I think that definitely has had some people kind of confused. And I do agree. You know, jo- Josh Rosen. You know, everyone, the chosen Rosen, UCLA, Jim Mora. It's an NFL style offense. I see the big the big intrigue and to be, you know, to be fair, I, I've been a Cardinals fan most of my life too. So I'm excited that we got one of the guys, but you know, if Josh Allen can sneak out and be the guy, I'm with you. I mean, he, he's gonna, he's gonna be good. And I think a lot of it kind of hinges on exactly what you touched on earlier. And I want to go right there. Is this O-line going to keep him upright if he comes in there early? Yeah, it's, it's tough right now because, I mean, Richie Incognito just had his weird uh, retire and then come out of retire and then leave, so <laughs> kind of screwed the team a bit. Um, but, I mean, I view it as offensive linemen take such a beating and they can do whatever they want. That's the tough and jacked in the match. But right now, I imagine that they're comfortable with the group they have or else they would have maybe tried to make some moves. Um, I'm kind of of the personal philosophy that if you don't draft linemen, you look for some guys in the free agent market. I know that I've read about that. That's kind of a philosophy some coaches use um, because there's such a chance for it to be a bust just because it's such a tough position. But I honestly, it's going to have to be a wait and see thing with this group because there's about eight guys to slot in at certain spots. So um, I guess a lot of fans are just trusting in Brandon Bean right now in that situation. Is is Deion Dawkins, you know, coming in second year player now, second round draft pick. Is that the right guy to kind of lead this as the left tackle and, and really protect that QB? I certainly think he's the right guy to get the first first crack at it um, this year. That is, um, but like I said, for me, for me viewing offensive line play without really going into the film or not having it beat Joe Thomas as it was with the Browns, but the sure thing, <laughs> I think it's such a tough position that you really just have to plug guys in. You could look at their last year, but you know there's going to be more film on them. There's going to be tougher linemen in the league. So I guess just like I said before, just a wait and see approach on that. Obviously, coming out of the backfield, Deshaun McCoy is 
for, for what you could consider a sure thing. Chris Ivory's back there with him now. I, I love having Patrick DeMarco, uh, DeMarco at, the, at the fullback. He was, he was great over in Atlanta. Is, is this a running back committee that can continue to, to front the load while Allen and, you know, even McCarron to that extent because he's been a backup, can learn the offense, can get comfortable with the receivers and get the system down? Yeah, I don't think they have a choice. If they're not going to be able to carry the load, then the team's going to be very bad. Um, even last year with Tyrod Taylor there, very solid quarterback, but they needed their run game to step up, um, just limited on offense. But that also comes down to the play calling as well. But I think they're fine. There's a lot of talk of, you know, running backs on the other side of 30, or once they reach 30, they're no good. But there's outliers to that, such as Thurman Thomas with the Bills, um, play, you know, playing for a long time. I think McCoy is a lead back. He's going to be just as good as he's always been. I've seen some uh, national writers project him as the team's MVP this year. I think he has to be the MVP this year. And then with Ivory there, too, it's just going to, you know, complement him well. So I think that is a position group you look at that there's there should be no worries barring any injuries or anything. Obviously, you brought up Zay Jones, another second-round pick last year. Has a little bit of troubles. Does everything seem to be a, a go for Zay Jones? Yeah, that was an odd situation. Obviously, when it happened, it was pretty nuts. Um, but clearly, there was some other personal stuff going on there. So the Bills did the right thing. They kept it all in-house. They said, you know, we're aware of this. Um, and he's back now. He's at working out with the team like nothing. I'm sure they dealt with it internally, but just like nothing happened. So it looks like he earned a second chance, but maybe he'll be on a you know, tighter leash if anything happens. Um, maybe not be sticking around after that. So, so obviously, looking at these wide receivers, Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, the rest of the, the rest of the squad, who's kind of the, the the guy that can really break out for the Josh Allen in that aspect? Is is Kelvin Benjamin going to be that big receiver, or is there still questions, kind of like Carolina had with him, where we don't know if he can be a number one on this team, and we have to rely on you know a guy like Andre Holmes or even a guy like Jeremy Curley to come in and try to be a a nice Brandon Stokely type extra option to this team. Yeah, it's tricky with the receivers because obviously on paper you look at Benjamin and say he's got to be the guy, um, but he's got to stay healthy first off. I think the team, especially if Allen's in there, utilizing more of short routes. So even draft picks such as Austin Prohl and Ray Ray McLeod, if one of them maybe both make it, I think just one will make the roster though. Can work out at the slot. Um, like you said, with Curly, maybe just a quicker passing game. Um, similar to what they did with Taylor or Tyrod Taylor, where there wasn't much of a big downfield game. I know Allen's got a huge arm, but he's still a rookie. But I think on paper right now, you have to look at Benjamin as the guy who's going to lead the way. But it's such an up-in-the-air position that they really didn't address in the draft. Um, so that's going to be another position where you're going to have to go maybe game by game to see who steps up. Obviously, too, we know a young quarterback's best friend is their tight end. Uh, before I turn this over to Jordan to talk about this defense that, that Buffalo brings out every week, how do you think Charles Clay and company is going to hold up here and really try to try to make that workload easier for Josh Allen? Yeah, real key part of the offense. Um, I, I like to believe that offensive play callers will have a young quarterback like if Allen's in there rely on the tight end. Um, but I don't know the effect someone like Clay will have if they have more guys running out of the slot like McLeod or Prohl. Um, so that's just another thing if it's going to be, are we going to run the ball 60 70% of the time, or are we going to try to pass? Um, not really sure if 
the tight ends are going to be a major factor, but I once again, I don't think there's any major question marks with the group, kind of like the running back. positive. Definitely a positive. Uh, you know, obviously switching ship to the uh, the defense here. Uh, what's the uh, what's what's the process here? What do we what do we think about the excitement of uh, Tremaine Edmonds? Is he going to make a big splash at linebacker to begin with, or are we tapering expectations for him to grow a little bit? Yeah, from my personal view and everything I've read as well, uh, just trying to learn more about like what everyone's expectations are. I think he's expected to come in right away and lead the defense. Um, I see no reason from his college days why that couldn't work. Obviously, it's much different in the NFL. Hopefully, he can catch up to the speed of everything. But right now, I think he's being looked at as a current kind of like understudy on the defense, but future leader in just a few years. Now, uh, obviously, there, there's no shortage of uh, young talent uh, as far as it goes. You look at uh, Shaq Lawson coming in, I think, on his third year, if I recall. Um, you got uh, Adolphus Washington on that line also. And then, uh, I mean, what, uh, what do you think is going to be uh, the, the deal with, when it comes to that front line and getting that good rush going? Yeah, I think Bills fans and NFL fans in general were obviously surprised with the uh, entire defense last year. Um, I don't know if it'll be much of a surprise this year with the front of the line being dominant, but I think that they should pretty much expect the same thing. Um, maybe that will cause teams to try to open up the passing game a little more. Maybe that won't work so well against a team like the Patriots that might get taken advantage of. But I think this every position on the defense, like I've talked about on offense with like running back, is completely solid, and it's a situation I've seen with other teams where your defense is dominant. They're getting off the field, but maybe you have a guy like Allen, a quarterback, who's just put him on the field too much. Um, like I said, really no questions with the line. I think everyone's going to keep progressing and just get better than they were last year. Yeah, you know, speaking of obviously that defense, um, you know, and, and making some big plays, the the secondary was, despite uh, despite uh, overall, I, guess, I think you were kind of in the, the bottom third as far as overall defense is considered, but uh, you did not give up as many passing yards as some teams. Uh, and I think a lot of it's uh, basically due to some of that uh, safety play with, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Poyer uh, and uh, Micah Hyde. What do you, uh, what do you think uh, that, uh, that tandem in the safety area is going to be doing this year? Yeah, I, to your first point, kind of we said that where they finish in defense, I think sometimes those, the rankings, not flawed, obviously it's just a straightforward number, but sometimes you see, oh, maybe we'll let a, we'll bend but not break type of defense. I see a team like, I think they're a team like that where, you know, they give up, maybe give up a lot of yards, but they're not giving up too many points or they're not getting blown out. Um, but as for the secondary, very dominant, former Brown, Jordan Poyer had a great season. I think he's going to do great again. Micah Hyde just showed up in the NFL Top 100, 62, I believe, uh, 62 overall. Um, Trey White, another dominant player in the excuse me, in the backfield there. So they added a few pieces via the draft as well. I think they're going to be even better than they were last year. Maybe not so much as maybe like the yardage won't really change much. I'm speaking more so of maybe they won't be throwing towards these guys as much. Uh, maybe trying to pound the ball on the ground, opponents will do this, and just have a tough time overall, and maybe the Bills will kind of make a name for themselves this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, what else do they get uh, defense-wise? Uh, obviously, uh, Tremaine Edmonds in the first round there. Uh, Harrison Phillips, I think, also is a, a pickup uh, as far as uh, another defensive tackle goes uh, out of Stanford. Uh, any any news on him? Do you think he's going to just kind of get in there every so often, or is he going to be on a rotation with maybe Kyle Williams and Adolphus, or what, what's the word? 
Yeah, so he kind of comes in seemingly as um, Kyle Williams Jr., um, similar type of role. I, from what I've seen and heard from the team, it just looks like he's going through everything as part of a rotation. I think they're going to maybe try to have him, like I said, become the next Kyle Williams. If not, that's not it's easier said than done based on how long he's been there and how the success he's had. But I haven't seen anything where he's struggling or anything like that. Um, looks like he's just going to be part of the normal rotation. And obviously right now you're just dealing with rookie mini camp and, you know, workouts and stuff like that, but seems to be on the right track. Uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, Ryan touched on it there. You know, we, we, we love our Leslie Frazier here. Um, do you think uh, he's going to play a big part? <laughs> Free in these, Christian uh... Ponder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. Uh, do you think uh, he's going to play a big part in uh, maybe some of the growth of some of these younger guys like uh, like Shaq Lawson, who's entering what really is going to be uh, start to be the the make or break years, whether or not it's going to determine if he's going to be the uh, the be all end all D line or if he's going to be one of those middle road middle road guys. Um, I think is in terms of like Frazier's impact. Uh, was that your initial question? Yes, yes, Frazier's impact okay. on, on these players. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I think. It's kind of the, like I said, the tight ship McDermott's running, I think, overall as the team. Um, it's a very disciplined team, and I think that the younger guys there, now that they actually won and they got the team to the playoffs for the first time in nearly two decades, everyone be a little more focused. Um, obviously, on any NFL roster, there's guys who might, maybe like the Happen State Jones type situation, but I think specifically with the defense, everyone's just going to try to build off last year. Um, having such a successful year I mean, they're very competitive. Everyone, most people in the NFL are. Um, they don't want to be worse. Um, they want to get the team back to the playoffs. And I think the, the coaching staff will just further instill that message. Do you think uh, the defense is going to play, so to speak, I mean, obviously getting back to that playoffs, do you think the def- defense uh, playing uh, equally as well as they did last year, uh, if not better, uh, is going to play a bigger part than that offense, so to speak. Obviously, uh, you know, everyone says defense wins championships, but I feel like it's tilted a little uh, a little more so for the Bills. Don't you agree? Oh, I think so, absolutely. The only issue I have is if the quarterback position is just so bad that, you know, the defense is doing great, but they're on the field so much, and every time they're on the field, they're on the wrong side of the 50. So I think, in theory, the defense right now is going to be the carrying the heavier load. But at the end of the day, every game, the whoever's playing quarterback is going to have to be at least near the level of what Tyrod Taylor was doing, which, based on his statistics and everything, isn't too much to ask. Just try to hold on to the ball, um, kind of the anti-Nathan Peterman approach, um, and just help the defense field position-wise and just not be terrible. Because if you can have a top-ten defense, maybe even like the Broncos, and your offense is so bad that you're just not going to win much. You know, not not to not to touch on the defense here anymore because I know Jordan was talking the defense, but something that that are, that really came up that I want to just ask about before we wrap this up is, I'm all on board with Shaq Lawson. I thought he was tremendous in Clemson. I thought he fit so well into Dabo Sweeney's system. I thought, you know, everybody he played with on that defensive end line, you know, even the front seven did so well together. But it just seems like for whatever reason. It's, some, it's like the light bulb is flickering, and it just hasn't turned on. Like, what's the consensus from you from from your end with with him? I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, is is this going to be a guy that you guys are going to kind of go? Well, we're going to need to move on from this and kind of be done with it, or do you think it's going to come together? 
Yeah, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you do as a fan go, you know, what is going on? I can understand there's veterans along this team or along the line as well. Um, on the defense, on the team in general, you have great coaches. Um, maybe he needs to have a, bad, a terrible season, be let go to have a wake-up call. I don't know. It's probably a lot of stuff going on that you know, I don't really know about outside of the team. But, the, I mean, there's no, like, not that I know there's any, like, crazy negativity toward him, um, especially from writers or anything, uh, beat writers like that. Um, I think my, it might just be like you said, where it's like the light bulb's flickering. Maybe it's just a personal thing. Um, needs a change of scenery or something. I, I really don't know. It's, it's always kind of baffling when you see someone with so much talent and you know they can do it, but it's just it does, don't always yeah. come together all the time. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm just, you know, like, and I'm not bashing him whatsoever. I mean, he's he's not done anything, like, a wrong that I've noticed. You know, he's, he's played well, but it just, you know, I look at him, I'm like, God, why isn't he broken out like, like Khalil Mack did? Why is he not broken out, you know, like some of those other guys that were – you know, like you said, all the duels are there, but I don't know. It, it's just something that I, you know, and, and my fiance is a diehard Clemson fan. She went to the Orange Bowl and Sammy Watkins and company won. So, I mean, I hear about Clemson so much. I've seen so much Clemson because of it. And I'm like, every time I watch this guy with you, he was just dominating, just dominating. And it just, it feels like it's there, but it's not. But anyway, I digress. That was just a random question. Um, last question I have for the about the Bills before we wrap this up. How do you think this team can finish? I know we ask you this every year, but this time we're not talking Cleveland Browns. We're talking a team with with some nice pieces. Where do you think they go this year? You know, I'm going to have to be, being from Cleveland, I'm going to have to give my pessimistic take. I don't <laughs> think the Bills are going to be back in the playoffs. I think they're going to settle around 7-9, a normal Bills record um, for most of their past two decades. I just think this there's really just not enough at the quarterback position. I think Tyrod Taylor was the right guy. I think he'll do well in Cleveland, and I think that the Bills might regret it. Um, oh. Josh Allen, I, I don't think he should be starving right away, I, but I think he will start because every NFL team always does this. They say they're going to let him rest. Um, a lot of people are really high on McCarron right now, and I I don't know. I just I think they're going to do their normal average self. Um, I hope they do better, especially get back to the playoffs for them twice in a row, but I just think seven and nine is kind of their ceiling this year. I told you, I told you, Jordan, I told you he's over there yelling at me. I said, Cleveland's going to go six and 10, Steve, call me crazy, but I think Cleveland goes six and 10. And Jordan was telling me, Oh, 16 and oh, let's go. I'm about to win that board bet. I'm winning that board bet, baby. And he told me, Tyrod Taylor's trash. Eh, he can't make a sandwich on his own. He didn't really say that, but that was kind of the crap that he, like he was giving. Out, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> the, the Bills, though, you, that schedule is gross. Uh, obviously, they play they play the NFC North. They play, obviously, uh, you know, they get to play yeah, the Patriots twice, which is obviously a courtesy. Uh, they also have to play uh, the AFC South. They got to play the Jags and Titans. I mean, that's not an easy cost either. They got a lot. And Houston, got a if Houston's healthy, I mean, if Houston's healthy, Deshaun Watson was going. Nuts. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Steve. You might have the most accurate uh, like record we we may get because in a positive with that kind of a schedule, you know, if you lose both to New England, you lose to Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee the Vikings and the Patriots or the Vikings and the Packers, that's seven losses right there. That's, that's a tough schedule. That is a really you know, tough schedule. A lot of people are looking at the Dolphins and, and the Jets as being horrible, but I mean, if they take each take one from the Bills, that's another two losses right there that you aren't really expecting. 
And there's your nine, too. And I, and I think Miami, I know it's only one player, but I think, you know, in, in a division where the quarterbacks, aside from Tom Brady, aren't necessarily the greatest, I think grabbing Minka Fitzpatrick was nice. You know, that's a guy who's going to snag some balls back there. So it's a good move. It's a good move. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Um, I know we only have two of us. I was trying to talk to our other co-hosts, but I think we did this with you last time, Steve. You guys want to play around round of Uberfacts? I'll go for it. Let's go. Uberfacts, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. Now, there's only two of you. Demetrius is sitting in the green room, but he don't want to come in here because he's playing the Xbox. So forget Demetrius. Obviously, same as always, I have four facts. One is an incorrect fact. Oh, wait, Demetrius is calling. Ladies and gentlemen, resident strong style media intern Demtris. What up, Demtris? What is going on? I heard there was some Uber fans going on, so I'm up in this piece. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. All right, Demtris, you're on here. Uh, Steve Kapitz is on. Uh, he was he was on us last year. We did our previews with the the Cleveland Browns and decided he couldn't take four and forty five anymore. I believe he said. So anyway, let's get to it. As the same as always. I got four facts. One of them is an incorrect fact. Your three job is to tell me which fact is incorrect and that I made up. Fact number one. If you're a single lady in Japan, owning a black cat is said to increase your number of suitors. Number two. In October of 2017, Jeff Bezos, I think that's how you pronounce it, the Amazon CEO made $6 billion in just five days. Uh, number three, which windows were created? Now, which, like the broom witch, were created because in Vermont, they believe that witches can't fly out sideways windows. And number four, diarrhea killed as many people as HIV did in 2012. Demetrius, what do you think is the incorrect fact? Ooh, I'm going to have to go, give me the last one. The diarrhea one, all right. Jordan, what do you got? Man, this is a this is a toughie. Uh, I know I, I think the Vermont one's true because of its proximity to Winston or, or Salem rather for those Salem witches there. Um, gosh, I I know I, I think Bezos did make that money because I remember he made some sort of crazy record and suddenly you know Amazon's worth a bajillion dollars and they're buying everybody. <laughs> uh, pretty soon you'll be able to buy us on Amazon Prime. Um, hey, I'm going to agree with Demetrius on that. I think, uh, I think, actually, I think that one's wrong also. I'm going to go with the cat one. All right. Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, I got a price tag. Just call me an ass. Uh, Steve, <laughs> what is the incorrect fact, sir? Yeah, I'm going to have to channel my inner Dwight Schrute, pretend like I know stuff about witchcraft. I'm going to say the witchcraft one is false. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, let's go down the order. Demetrius, you are wrong. Diarrhea killed as many people as HIV did in 2012. I apologize. That's crazy. Jordan, it is true. If you're a single lady in Japan, owning a black cat is said to increase your number of suitors. Oh. Steve, we're down to you. We got two. Which windows were created because in Vermont they believe that witches can't fly out sideways windows? That is also correct. The incorrect fact is in October of 2017, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, made $6 billion in just five days. That is a made-up fact. 
He made six billion in just five minutes. Oh, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's when stock went up. Dang it. <laughs> that was that was good though. Demtris, before we let you go, do you want the the Friday or the Rev X? Friday. Oh, he, he wow! I'll give you. Uh, where's the Friday one? I can't find the Friday one. You're getting hit with Rev X. Cut that bitch off! Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Steve, go ahead and plug everything you got, man. Twitter, blood type. Uh, your family tree, the website, everything you got, bro. Yes, I'm covering the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo Down, and that's at Twitter, at Buffalo Down, on Facebook as well. Yeah, any Bills fans out there, just fans in general, want to check out some coverage. should be a crazy year for the team, so um, check that out, and thanks for having me on again. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure having you every year. Steve was even in our our Sportscast Fantasy League we ran at one point with the NBA writers that didn't update their team. So we stopped doing that. So Steve's, Steve's been one of the OGs of the show. We appreciate you coming on. You know, you know, we'll be in touch. We'll have to talk again soon. Thanks once again. Thank you too for, you know, you just landed on a flight and you gave us your time. I totally appreciate you doing that, man. Of course. Always. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. I hope the stewardess Steve's gave him extra snacks. <laughs> stewardess gave him this. That's not Laramie Tunsil. Larry Tunsil. My bad. Let me tunsil my way into our next break here. We come back. We're talking some gambling because Jordan wants to talk more sports gambling. And then in about 20 minutes, Rich Rich Cardinal is coming on from Vegas Hockey Night. (laughs) Chase Kimball, 1120, com, talking the Tampa Bay Lightning, baby. We'll be right back. Sportscast Radio. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with you. But I take a breath. Regain my power. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it ain't. I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Because that's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted to I, it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. My. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. 
What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is... He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Like, I can't... What are you... I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Flip mode. Flip mode. Got that remix. I, I, I don't know if you noticed, uh, that's back-to-back Lloyd Banks. We will be having a trio yes. of Lloyd Banks. Uh, I could evening. tell when I saw hash, er, one of the hashtags as Lloyd Banks on my screen here. <laughs> I, when, I, when I logged in, I went, oh, So, yes, heaters, baby, heaters. Next one's going to be good, though. I might I might put a, a hole in my wall or, like, uh, I don't know. I might, I mean, I don't know. My, get my jeans, like, three sizes too big again. <laughs> um, wear my K-Swisses. I'm going to go back to high school with the next one. It's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Man, K-Swiss was my my jam back in the day. I got a I got a case with uh, I got three case with stickers on my mic stand that I'm currently looking at as we speak. <laughs> that was back when you had long hair. Don't care. <laughs> no, absolutely true. I was at one point whenever I'd purchased a new pair because they'd always do the stickers in the in the. Yep. In the uh, so whenever I purchased a new pair, I'd put a sticker on the uh, on the mic stand. So. I at, least, I at one point purchased three uh, three pairs of case stairs, three stickers on the mic stand. <laughs> I used to try to get the all the all white Swisses, but finds one with like like I had a green like a green stripe, and I had a red stripe, and I had a blue stripe, so I could try to match like different outfits based off the stripe. <laughs> oh no doubt, and you had to like wear like a Tommy shirt with it at some point. I like it. That's the you know you gotta get that case with Tommy Hilfiger out, outfit on point. Uh, with the the carpenter jeans with that little strap thing where you put your hammer, but come on, nobody nobody puts the hammer in there. Now, to to be fair, we could afford all of this if we would have just done what we were going to do. I I look back, Jordan. Are you ready to be too pissed to give a bleep? Um, yeah. I looked back at I found one of the old bet pages from mm-hmm. when we were in Vegas for the Canelo Golovkin fight. The two hundred and fifty to one odds on the Vegas winning. Um, when we were going to each put 20 bucks and we would have won 5K for it, it yeah. wasn't for the Stanley Cup, Jordan. It was to oh. win the Western Conference. Oh, no. So we 500 to won the Cup? Yeah, 501 to win the Cup, which would have been 20 bucks when they gave us 10K. Oh, my God. Ugh. So we're both out 5K for sure, maybe okay. out 10K. Yeah, how how much does that feel like you just got punched in the nards? You know that we uh, laughed. 
but the thing is this too is we looked at it and we both had the bet in our hand and we're like, nah, they're not gonna win. When we look at twenty boxes, you know, in some cases it's just a throw in a bucket. Not yeah. saying we're rich or anything, but it's like ah, it's twenty bucks. Yeah, and that's, we uh... chose not to. And I had just won three twenty on Golovkin. Yeah. I, I think about that, uh, and then I think about my, uh, you know, the, the Twins were not guaranteed to get in the postseason at that time, but I got them 60-1, to 1, and I was like, oh, man, at least they got a better shot than those guys, and then they get bounced out. <laughs> yeah, in the, uh, the wildcard game, too. Yeah, Instead, yeah. you could have put that money at Vegas. Like, and here's the thing is, you know, if one of us would have went through it, the other would have probably gone through it because the other would have pressured the other to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So by both of us pussying out of 20 freaking dollars – we're yeah. both out 5K right now. Yeah, but I, I think I did have a really good drink at that casino bar. <laughs> well, could you, could you imagine the, the very nice drinks we could have had if we went there and collected our 5K? That's true. Oh. Do you think, uh, do, do you think uh, now, I, I don't know if I, I talked to you about this. Uh, I think I was reading an article and uh, listening to some of the, uh, the Vegas bookmakers. Um, you know what they, they have potentially to lose? If they, uh, well, it's like five million or something. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. Uh, it's not a uh, a good number. That it'll probably be one of the worst hits they'll ever take if 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 they happen to win it all. Now you remember too that dude? Oh, you might not have been with us, but there was a guy walking around making these little flowers, and he told us. Uh, they're going to win it all. And I was like, man, because I told him our, the betting odds, he's like, you better do it. And I was like, no, nah, I already took one dude's advice on, on taking Golovkin Canelo as a draw. I can't do two peoples and lose money. Yeah. Boy, am I bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, five million's on the low end. If they, they stay up to 10 million. That's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, they said um, the William Hill sports book, there's at least one $200 wager on it. Uh, God. there's also a thousand dollar bet for 50 to one. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty big hit right there. Um, there were 13 wagers placed in the night that at the uh, Westgate, uh, book when they're at 500 to one. Um, so yeah, this is, it's kind of one of those weird things. Uh, as far as big, big preseason differences here uh you know you look at uh, historically um some of the biggest losses vegas has taken is uh the year the braves faced the uh minnesota twins because both teams were last place yep both of them were last place uh teams the previous year um or last in their division uh, another uh big go there was actually the uh one of the years that makes me extremely sad uh, the St. Louis Rams defeating my Tennessee Titans in Super Bowl 34. Uh, listed, uh, one yard, man. Again, they, they needed the tie, but uh, the kick to tie, but I'm not, I'm not going to get there. You know what I mean? Like it was a fantastic oh. Super Bowl. Probably, probably what, you know, top five easy as far as uh, games. Um, Kurt Warner's legend of bagging groceries and playing arena football and suddenly away. What's that? When they, found, when they talked about it in Castaway, when Tom Hanks finally came home, his, his wife, who had started doing some other dude, was like, we got a football team now, and they almost won the Super Bowl. They missed it by a yard. And he's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It killed it. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, but they were two, 200 to one at that one point uh, in, uh, in, in that season. So, yeah, this is, it's a big deal for Las Vegas. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about it is obviously uh, the NFL weighed in. Roger Goodell, uh, you know, finally snuck out a little uh, 
little yes a little a little uh, a little statement um, kind of just wanting the Supreme Court to you know whatever if we're going to legalize it let's just make sure there's some some uniform rules or legislation across the country make things uh, you know so um, it can protect uh, cool. consumers yeah you know what I mean like uh, obviously you don't want places uh, you know with the sneaky crazy uh, you know crazy lines here or, or whatever or um, you know, but I think that's competition too. At the same time, so I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure what's going on there. Need bookie, bookies have to go against each other to try to get the bets in. No, absolutely. But I mean, it's just one of those things too. Like I, I'm curious because some of these are really vague. Um, on the league's wish list, uh, this is the, according to uh, the let's see, Cleveland.com. Um, you know, he says the league's wish list consists of substantial consumer protections uh, and a ability for the leagues to quote unquote protect our content and intellectual property from those who attempt to steal or misuse it. Um, so I'm sure they don't want like bookie shops throwing up like, uh, you know, team logos and stuff like that. Um, you know, I have a feeling like that's kind of the deal. Uh, they want access for fans for what the NFL describes as reliable league data. Uh, I'm unsure as in regards to what data he's looking for. Um, in regards to, I, I don't know if they're looking at trends or, or, or what some of these, you know, bookie shops use, uh, you know, like uh, uh, my dad used to pick up the old point wise back in the day where it talk about, you know, the last 10 games against the spread or, or the, uh, you know, the over and unders histories and, uh, you know, just, just all sorts of crazy statistics as far as the gambling goes, uh, similar to your race, your, your race forms with uh, when you're betting the ponies. Um they also want law enforcement tools to protect fans and penalize bad actors here at home and abroad. And I think that's, uh, that's something where obviously they want to know that these bets are going to be protected, you know, from people that are placing them. Um, and you know, you, you still don't want Joey bag of donuts breaking people's legs when they don't pay up. So, um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, on face value, it seems like a, a an okay thing. Obviously, he's not all out uh, embracing it like uh, some league owners, like Mark Cuban, where he said essentially the the ability to the, what could potentially be happening just made his team grow exponentially um, oh, as far as value goes. They're going to give you opportunities to bet while you're there. Yeah. You know, you know, everyone, everyone wants their their fantasy football it. lounges, etc. I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to happen. I'm I'm curious I'm curious at to, to what level and and I can't I cannot wait. Um, so I looked up some stuff today too, and and it said apparently that there's you know a lot of these states are starting you know in, in by next week it should be available once June hits. There's supposedly a ton of states that were on the fence of it. I know Minnesota was one of the ones on the fence uh, that all have legislative ready to push it through and have it ready by the end of August for the start of football season. So we could be one of those teams that, or one of those teams, <laughs> one of those states that is going to have it legalized by September. Because it sounds like there's a huge amount of states that are going to be pushing in. And I would hope we're not one of like 10 states that don't have it active by September. Well, you know, that obviously, one of, absolutely. And one of those big, um, one of those big interesting things that, uh, that you know, will obviously depend make it very dependent for us in particular um you know regional uh, options uh right now iowa had a bill that was pushed uh late january as far as it goes where they wanted to try and get uh sports gambling allowed in uh racetracks and casinos so um if they're going to let money go down south to their theirs uh, i'm sure the 
uh, so the casino lobby here and up. the card clubs here. Pardon? Iowa's not going to have it up by June. Uh, well, I'm saying they had they had a bill that was in, pushed in in January. As oh. far as January, they they've already had legislation introduced. Um, right now, uh, I was, uh, was still in okay. preliminary you're, you're legislation. Kinda, you're piggybacking off of how you know July 1st we started having liquor stores open in, in on Sundays. Because yeah. they realize how much money we're losing. Okay. I was thinking the opposite way. That's why I got confused for a second. Okay. My bad. My yeah. bad. My bad. I get where you're no. going. So, out yeah, people. you're going to see money go across the border. And I think, uh, you know, if, if we're late to the party, that's fine. Uh, Iowa, if I recall, has a couple casinos uh, right there on the border. So, I think uh, we might be making that nice hour and a half to, to two-hour drive to play some books on, uh, on, the, on the weekends here. It was me and Jordan, Sportscast Radio, because we're going to Iowa. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting a hotel room for a weekend. We're betting on some spizzards. <laughs> oh, man. I, but then I got to listen to those slack-jaw Hawk, Hawkeye fans say corny things like, you know why Iowa doesn't have a professional football team, do you? Because Minnesota would want one, too. Ah. You know, you know, Jordan, I – uh. I was I was actually in Iowa, and I saw a guy walking down the street, and he had a he had a cardboard box in his hand that had a bunch of Scrabble pieces in it, mm-hmm. and I saw him trip over like a crack on the ground, and they all went flying, and and I helped him pick them up, and in in lieu of uh, Iowa, I, I asked him after he picked them all up, I said, "What's the word on the street?" Mm-hmm. That isn't it. Yeah, yeah. The word on the street. The word on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, that you went dad joke. I went, I went, I went border battle joke. I, I, I don't approve of that. I don't approve. I'm, I'm taking pot shots at those, uh, those Iowan car, corn farming hillbillies down there, and, uh, and you're over here doing dad jokes. You know. So when I asked him that, he went, "Boy, I think we got a football club." And I laughed. <laughs> that's that's better. That's better. Tie it all in. I heard that one today, and I got to tell a dad from a dad this joke, and you mentioning a joke suddenly transferred into my head this this immaculate joke that is not immaculate or good whatsoever. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, we mentioned the gambling, which is going to be a huge thing, uh, and it all ties down to Vegas. And just a few minutes here, we're going to be talking to Rich from uh, VegasHockeyNight.com. And, Oh, excuse me. Uh, Jordan, Jordan's bad that he hung up on himself. I was mad. Jordan, I was so, I was so <laughs> mad. I was also, uh, other things that get me mad today, uh, I don't know if you saw Lance Lynn's awesome performance today. No, after I put them in my parlay. Uh, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't have. No, I think I lost like nine of my ten games. <laughs> I've decided I should do a parlay and pick all the teams that I want to pick the opponent. <laughs> But real quick, before we get into this Vegas stuff, um, on the positive end note, I want to bring something to the table that we've never talked about, because I'm sure, you know, obviously we're going to spitball and go back and forth, and and you know what, we're going to just go right into it right now, because <laughs> we don't have any time to do it. Jordan, I want to get this rocking and rolling. Hey, Rich, you with us, sir? That's me. That's me. Oh, man. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are. Uh, Rich is coming in here talking to Vegas Hockey. Go ahead, Rich. My name is Rich Connelly. I'm talking about the Vegas Golden Knights. I write for a website called VegasHockeyNight.com. 
dot com. Catch all your uh, Vegas Golden Knights news, updates, injury updates, trades, free agency uh, updates, and stuff, and you can get going here. Now, now Rich, I, I want to. We're gonna. Me and Jordan are gonna have a spitball. We're, we want to try a different approach. So, so you're gonna be, you're gonna be our test subject on this. Okay. So, so don't. Don't think it is a bad thing, but we're going to kind of go back and forth. So we're not going to have a necessary script on this, but we have so much that we want to talk about in such a short time because okay. I'm the guy who based out of Minnesota. So my life revolves around hockey as much as other people's doesn't. Uh, my co-host, uh, for one in general, not trying to throw shade at you, Jordan, but I love when we get to talk about hockey. So if me and you just talk, we're going to be here for an hour, and it's never going to go anywhere. So we got to spitball back and forth. But i got to ask you right <laughs> off the bat, um, there is so much feedback and criticism coming off the fact of it was one expansion team. Teams only kept eight players. You know, this is a team that could compete in any time because of how good they, they are being drafted. I'm one of the guys who, who, yes, I understand that. And especially as a Minnesota wild fan where, you know, ours, we got to pick St. Louis's 17th best player who was Lubomir Sekarash or Auntie Laxanen, whoever it was. We got a lot of scrubs. Oh, that I get that. You know, you guys got Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson who had 78 points. And hell, if you want to talk wild, you got Halla and Tuck from us because we didn't want you to take Zucker. So I know how all that goes, but I'm in the, I'm in the field that thought George McPhee, obviously with the team, Gerard Gallant, who I thought was extremely underrated, and obviously Bill Foley as the CEO, you guys took an approach to this draft where you said, we're going to draft a team that's fast and can out-skate and out-hustle everyone. And if we turn the puck over, so be it. And it kind of brings up the remnants of, for all of our soccer fans listening, uh, Leicester City in 2016, when they won the, the Premier League. We know we can't out-skill these people, but if we can turn it over enough to the point where we can run them, cause our own turnovers and get the pucks and score, or the ball and score, it's going to work. Being that long-winded question I'm asking you, Rich, is this a team that isn't drafted because of who they were and how good they could have been drafted? Or is this a team that was drafted based on one need and for the first time in any expansion's history, they actually stuck to their guns and drafted that way and they deserve to be here? No, I think that's the latter. I think that's the latter because this team wasn't usually, this team wasn't really supposed to be really much of anything, you know? This team was supposed to be about building for the future, building future assets, getting draft picks, and just this was supposed to be a, a six-year plan, according to their owner, Bill Foley. And the GM, George McPhee, is just uh, just almost like, almost like um, I don't know what the word here for it is, but he, he just reaps everybody for their uh, acquisitions and future assets and first round picks and it's it's unbelievable because this team is just insane they even in October when this team just went on a roll without Mark Andre Fleury they yeah. went with Malcolm Subban Maxim Legacy Oscar Dansk and those players alone went like 22 and 11 I believe that's insane that's insanity now, you mentioned uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, who's 
for all intents and purposes, uh, if you guys win the cup, he's the lock for the Conn Smythe, is he not? 100%. 100%. Even if he doesn't even win the uh, the Stanley Cup, yeah, he he's is the uh, runaway. He is the runaway, without a question. Yeah, he's he's the John Sebastian Jaguar from the year uh, Anaheim got beat great. by the Devils. Yep, thank you, thank you. I, I was trying to think of the year. I was thinking of Paul Korea laying on the ice, and I couldn't remember the year. Obviously, because Jaguar put up three shutouts in four years against the Wild, because what did we have? Lubomir Sekarash and Darby Hendrickson. <laughs> 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 yeah, going, going back to that. You know, but, but I look at this. You know, you guys have had such a wild up and down with your roster. William Carlson comes into the team, 78 points, is a plus 49, which is disgusting. But then you move all the way to your fifth best scorer, guy that we're familiar with, Eric Halla puts up, puts up 40, 55 points, excuse me, but he's a minus 16. Why is there such a discrepancy? James Neal minus 11, but then Jonathan Marchessault plus 36. Riley Smith plus thirty one. What was the discrepancy on on such such high plus minus to low plus minus on this team? The first line is just insane. Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson—they're just insanely def- defensively responsible. First line. It, it, it kind of reminds me. I I hate to use this comparison, but. Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron of Boston, they're oh. unbelievable. Yeah. They're unbelievable. The offensive numbers those guys put up are almost compared to Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson. It's it's insane. And Carlson isn't even getting selfie votes this year because Patrice Bergeron is just that's – that's who he is. That's how he's recognized in the, in the NHL. I mean, you're 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 getting uh you're getting points out. Of, I mean, you're you're plus minus ridiculous because obviously you've won so many games. Um, you know, also your goaltending's been on point all season long. Um, you know, you're getting you're getting, uh, you know, numbers out of Ryan Carpenter and and uh, Braden McNabb. I mean, what's what's the best? Uh, What's been the best moment thus far? I mean, obviously you could say easily going, you know, getting to the cup. But, you know, just from being an expansion team from the first game, from the first goal, uh, obviously the first win, you know, and it's only carried on. Uh, is there any moment that stands out from maybe the regular season that makes you say, damn, this has already been fun, uh, even before the playoffs had begun? It's tough to pinpoint. There's a lot, there's a lot of moments during this entire season where you just can just say, wow. This is this is an insane run right now. This team is just it's it's just I don't I I can't even put it into words because you got you had the you obviously had the uh, October first shooting there and that was just so sad and for the team just to rally around that it it was I can't even I can't even say anymore you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that fans was, really. The fans really that was just, a huge thing. Oh, I know. The fans just rally around this team from that point on. They go on a run in October. They slip a little bit in November just because Max Max and isn't just an NHL goalie. You know, he's just the fourth string goalie coming out of uh, the minor leagues. You know, it's insane. Mm-hmm. 
Insanity. You know, you mentioned you mentioned the goaltending thing. Obviously, I don't think the team has a lot to worry about, but going into game one of the Stanley Cup, obviously it helps that, that Washington beat Tampa. And in my opinion, as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan with the Wild, they choked and blew that game six. Um, Mark andre Fleury has a lower body injury. Malcolm Subban has an, an, a little bit of an illness. Um, both guys are supposed to be available for game one. Obviously, you know, the questionable thing is said, but – What's your feeling? If, if for some reason we don't see Marc-Andre Fleury game one, are you comfortable if Malcolm Subban comes in? Are you comfortable if Maxime Legacy has to play? I mean, who, who kind of backstops that team if something happens where Fleury's lower body injury is a lot? I mean, Oscar Dansk, is he, does he come in? Well, as of right now, Maxime Legacy is the, the, the assumed backup right now because – Malcolm Subban is, has, a, has a lower body injury, and Malcolm uh, Mark Andre Fleury is, I believe, he, I think he tweaked something in that uh, game five against Winnipeg Jets. Um, but I actually, I actually don't feel confident if Maxim Legacy is your starting goalie game one against either Washington or Tampa Bay. I do not feel confident about that. And a long mm-hmm. layoff for him since the AHL playoffs in the Chicago Wolves. So speaking of uh, obviously both those teams, uh, big pivotal game seven coming up. Who do you who do you want to see, or who are you afraid to see uh, versus uh, <laughs> versus the Knights this Neither. time? Uh, I mean, you know, you have you have depth on both sides. Obviously, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov maybe playing uh, one of the best uh, you know you know playoffs as far as it goes for a center uh, in Washington. What what do you what do you think? Kuznetsov, I can never get that Kuz- right. Yeah, Kuznetsov, there you yeah, go. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan Hood hopping over here. Yeah. Um, man, this is a tough one because these two teams are just absolutely beating the hell out of each other, especially Washington. Yeah. Absolutely imposing their will last night. Just their game six victory. I I think Washington's going to actually pull ahead in this and give – the Tampa Bay, their elimination that I think they deserve because I, I know, I, I know, but Washington just, they, their offense and the physicality is just not, no match for Tampa Bay five on five. However, if the power play for Tampa, if, if Washington gets in penalty trouble, this could be a long night for the Capitals. Oof. Jordan, you got to calm me down here. You got to calm me down, bro. I, I, hey, you know, I, <laughs> look, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I, I've been a while, I, I've liked Washington since, you know, Peter Bondra, Michael Pavanka, Joe Juno, Jim Carrey, you know, Olaf Kolzig, whoever you want to look at in goal. I'm Blaine Locker. I think played on the team for a minute. I'm fine with Washington, <laughs> but I just, I look, I look at Washington, and there's a reason that you can't spell Ovechkin as much as I like him without the word choking it. It just doesn't happen until they prove it can. And I look at Tampa Bay, when, when, you know, when, when you're done with your front line and you're still rolling out, you know, Alex Killorn, Andres Palat, Tyler, J- I, I can go. I, I don't, I don't want to turn it into that, but, you know, it intrigues me hearing that. Is, is that something, too, where you would rather see Washington? Or, or, excuse me, would you rather see Tampa as it seems you think they're the inferior of the two teams? 
Or are you kind of in the in the ballpark where you're like, you know what, we've been so good, I want to see, it doesn't matter to me, because we've had a layoff, we've had the rest, our team's going to come back healthy, and we're going to beat anybody. Right now, it, it, it's tough to say, because it doesn't matter really who the Golden Knights play at this point. The LA Kings, physical, defense, they, they, they got swept in four games. It, it really doesn't matter. The Sharks, I mean... They they gave the the Golden Knights a little bit of trouble here and there, but um, yeah, I mean, the Capitals and the Lightning are two different two different opponents for the Golden Knights. But if I had to pick one or the other for the Golden Knights to face, it would probably be the Capitals because just be just because of the home ice advantage. I really can't say much more than that because they're they're. Two very close teams, both offensive we- both offensive powerhouses, I should say. But the the, the goaltending, I think, is pretty much a wash. The, the defense on each side, it's just I don't know. I it's it's too close to call for me. Oof. Uh, I got I got to know is uh, also going into that. Uh, do you happen to have one of those awesome uh, bet tickets that say, hey, if uh, you you will go all the way, you get a little extra cash in the pocket here? Let's oh, not talk about oh bet tickets. Goodness. Oh, I almost. Oh, Look, I wish I, Rick, put, I, put, I wish I put a bet in before the season. Let me tell you Three hundred to one odds. I I, I look. I was looking in the sports book. Uh, in around August September, so three hundred to one. I was like. <laughs> And uh, no, no way. Sorry about <laughs> Vegas, but uh, it's not going to happen. Here so, we are. Rich, let me tell you a small story. We're um, myself and Jordan. We were in uh, Vegas, Cinco, or Mexican Independence Weekend, covering the Canelo uh, Alvarez Gennady Golovkin fight. And we both had twenty dollars in our hand, and it was two fifty to one for Vegas to win the Western Conference. And we both looked at each other, pushed out, and said, this is a waste of $20. We can go play a hand of roulette instead. And we uh, walked away from the betting window at 250 to 1 to win the Western Conference. The same thing we also saw was 500 to 1 uh, that Planet Hollywood gave us. But we, we scared away from the 250 to 1 with the 20 in our hand each. And now we're sitting oh here butthurt that we didn't win 5K. Oh my God! Yeah, and this was you know September. I, I, I really don't blame you because what was history, that? history is on our side. Let's be honest. It, I mean, granted, we're coming out on a loss right now, but his, history says we, you know we don't make that bet. I'm not. I'm not gonna walk the shame on that one. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm as mad as well, that Washington one game set. <laughs> you know, and you saw the three hundred. You know, um, I, I want to ask you this, too, here, Rich. Going into okay. this, this Vegas team, I know there was talks. I've, I've been told by enough people that are inside the know that at the trade deadline there was talks of doing it, but Vegas balked from what I heard because they were – I don't know if it was nervous about extension or giving up the future for it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I think coming off season it may happen. What is the feel – from your end, that Vegas is going to get Eric Carlson when it's all said and done. Eric Carlson. Uh, well, God. They, were, they were in talk. They were in talks about it for the in, in the trade deadline, and they they came close. They came close to, I believe, trading future <laughs> assets. 
What was that? <laughs> why did they balk on it? Not to cut you off, I apologize, but why did they balk? Like, could you imagine if this team right now who's making this amazing cup run and is playing so good had arguably the third best player behind Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid in the NHL with Eric Carlson? Uh, it, it's insane because they would have had a trade. Probably Shade Theodore, probably Alex Tuck, probably a first-round pick, probably another veteran player. I think it was just the, the price was just too much for them right now at this point. And I think they made the right move for now, especially if they win this. But Eric Carlson is a generational talent. I don't know if they have that on this team right now. You know, you you say how good he is, and, and Jordan, I know we were spitballing, but I'm kind of I'm kind of running here because I want to ask him about this. You know, obviously they say the they say the price is you know you, you said the price is too much, and I get that because that's a lot to give up. And as as like I said, we're based in Minnesota, so giving up Alex Tuck, who I didn't want to lose as it was because he was one of our best farm pieces we had, was Alex freaking Tuck, and we gave him to you so you wouldn't take Zucker. Pisses me off to no end because that was our yeah. that was. Eric Lindros to me. That was our, you know, six two two twenty big ass center that was going to protect the middle. You guys talk about not giving up a lot to get Eric Carlson because of the fear of, you know, do we do we mortgage the farm? And obviously, with how good the team is, it's worth doing. But then you guys go and give up a ton to get a guy like Thomas Tatar, who really hasn't done anything. Why are they willing, why were they willing to to make the move for Thomas Tatar, but not go the extra end for Eric Carlson? I think they were very worried with the fact that they weren't going to be able to sign James Neal and David Perron in the off season, which is why I think they went out and got Tatar with a little bit of term, with three years left of term, to fill in that second line slot next year, and for the run this year, I think with just how well this team has performed. I don't think they wanted to take anybody off this team. I don't think they wanted to mess with the team chemistry. And I think that they just mesh well. They, they, you can't broke what's not. Agreed. You can't break what's not like fixed. You know, you can't fix what's not broken, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, the the team is performing so much more above any sort of expectations. I just, I you know, and that's why I wanted to ask it because I look at this and go, my God, they're willing to trade these picks to get Thomas Tatar, who's done nothing and makes way more money than he should be making. But then you have, you know, a generational defensive talent, as you mentioned, in, in Eric Carlson sitting there, who, who obviously wants out of Ottawa, I think, because I don't think he's staying after next season especially when, you know, they got Bobby Ryan on the books who will always be known as the guy who was picked behind Sidney Crosby making $7.5 million. It's just not, it, you know, it's just not, it's not feasible to keep that team running. So I just, you know, like I said, I, I feel like Vegas still makes a move in the offseason and gets Eric Carlson, but I wanted to get just the general thoughts on that. Um, Rich, before we let you go, I got to ask you, regardless if it's Tampa or Washington, does Vegas pull off the quote-unquote miracle on ice and win the Stanley Cup? Can I get it back to you in about two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
whether it's Washington or Tampa Bay, I, I do. I do think they win. I do think they win this. Hey, that's what that's what we like to hear. Um, <laughs> Rick, appreciate you so much coming on, man. Last last bit or last moment like this. Plug everything you got. You know, website, Twitter. You know, social media. Everything you got where people can read everything you've done. Get in touch. Talk Vegas hockey with you. Thank you very much for having me. I, I want to be on in the future. Hopefully, maybe in a couple of weeks. Hey, we you know what? I'll tell you what. If Vegas wins the cup, we will call you on and have you be the entire opening where you can go, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rich, and this is Sportscast Radio. You are listening to the show that I have now coined as mine because the Vegas Golden Knights have won the Stanley We'll be yours, sir. Rich, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. We will chat soon. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, Rich Cardinale Official coming out here talking some hockey with us. Um, we're going to take our last break here, knock this out the park. When we come back, it's it's my time, Jordan. We're talking Tampa Bay Lightning. Bro. We're talking a team that should be in the cup. What? What are you blowing me about? we got to break. I'm just saying, they're, they're, gonna, they're, going, they're going to lose. Dude, if we were against the clock right now, I would be yelling at you on the air. Um, I totally realized we forgot our main homies over at FML Solutions. So we're going to plug FML Solutions, let them knock it out. We're going to give you our last break of the evening. When we come back, my guy, even though I've never met him in my entire life, Chase Kimball is coming on, Bolts by the Bay Hockey. It's just BoltsbyTheBay.com. But I said hockey because Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to leave the room during commercial break, and I'm going to throw on my Steven Stamkos jersey, Jordan. And when I come back, I might let you talk to Chase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Chase is waiting for us, so we're going to take our last break, come back talking. Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey should be in the cup right now. It was BS that they lost game six. Listen to Alex tell you about FML Solutions, all the stand, deer stands you need coming this fall. We'll be right back. Sportscast Radio. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Missing out on an awesome show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yes! We got you covered. Yes! From WWE, yes! New Japan, yes! Ring of Honor, yes! Impact, Lucha yes! Underground, yes! All Japan, and yes! more. We're talking yes! the highs and lows in pro yes! wrestling. Heck, yes! we're even giving you people yes! from the Okadas and Omega. We're even yes! talking the Bone Soldiers yes! and Enzo Amoris. No! Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. 
Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing A Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing A Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa? Call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, no, no. He just talked to that girl two hours ago. You got to let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love going to be in that bag like, mmm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then after it marinates, no, you're going to pull it out. JB, who's Alexa? Say it. Say it, JB. You Alexa. That's right. I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys. But I'll take it from here. Everything's so crunk. I'm sorry, man. I get excited. I thought we were gonna play. It's game seven. If you're not crunk for game seven, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing here. I I thought we were gonna use a certain song. Let me let me pull them on here. Chase, you with us? Yes, sir. How you doing? Hey, how we doing, sir? Chase here. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick for all our listeners before I start berating questions left and right here as a Tampa Bay fan. <laughs> uh, my name is Chase Kimball, and I'm a contributor over at Bolts by the Bay, the uh, Lightning's fan-sided site. I am so excited. Now, uh, my question for you, Jordan, is for the commercial break, why didn't we use that dude from that Tampa Bay radio station that was like, this here for them Lightning Bolts, them be the thunder, them, you know, that dude? <laughs> Remember, no, we used that, no. that like last year and the year before. No, I, he, I had to. He was like, I couldn't do it. Damn, Coach Ron Gombuli, that guy. Chase, you know what I'm talking? <laughs> you know, what I'm hear that song. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh man, it's exciting. Centrist, our resident black hockey fan, just came into the studio and said, "I endorse this message." He said, "Let's go, Bulls." He's already with us. <laughs> Um, Chase, we came tonight together uh, prospering, ready to roll, and we were going to be in the Stanley Cup. And obviously, Game 6 was not what we expected to happen. It was a little upsetting. Um, thoughts after Game, like, what went wrong? How did we blow this after, you know, getting three straight and basically treating Washington the same that we treated Boston? I thought we were going to go four in a row. 
Oh, yeah, I, um, I thought that we were too. But if you ask me, you can pinpoint where the Lightning lost game six to one particular moment. And that moment is the J.T. Miller and Brooks Orbit fight. Ah, first period, right, when he th- was pushing them over the boards? Absolutely. And the reason that this fight lost the game for the Bolts isn't because of the fight. It had nothing to do with the fight. It had to do with what was going on away from the fight. Um, on the other side of the ice, you had Braden Points that w- he was getting ready to charge across the blue line on a breakaway. This guy lost by fractions of a second to Connor McDavid in the speed skating competition in the All-Star game. No one on the Caps roster is going to catch him. And instead of this breakaway to tie up the game, you have a fight. And it's a fight that J.P. Miller didn't even win. So you get fighting majors and no breakaway. And if anybody's taking a breakaway on the Bolts roster, I'm pretty confident in points. Yeah, it's it's so true. That that was that was a big, big changer in the game. Um obviously one thing that I'm looking at too, where I'm I'm kind of expecting a better output, and I think it's because of just the tremendous season he had. And and obviously you mentioned, you know, Braden Point coming in third and scoring, but Yanni Gord, sixty four points Fourth of the team in scoring, you know, he, he, he puts up 14 more points than Tyler Johnson, 17 more than Alex Kalorn, 20 more than Vladimir or Vladislav Nemestikov. Like, you know, all these guys that have been mainstays for the last few years that we're so accustomed to. Yanni Gord comes in and, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's little bits here and there, but it feels to me like he's just been kind of invisible. What's going on? Yeah, he's been, he really hasn't done too much this series. And I think that that's a big problem that the Lightning have been having. Their guys that they need to show up in these games really aren't showing up. And you see that in Gord, you see that in Stamkos, you see that in Kucherov. You know, their, their offensive production has been very limited. And I think that's because Washington knows that those are the guys to stop. You know, you look at the, um, the goals in the last Tampa win, you know, you had the game winner come from Alex Kalorn on a, a dirty, dirty scrum in front of the net. You know, that's not the guy that, you know, anyone on the Caps roster is thinking about, oh, man, this guy's going to get out there and get the game winner. And, you know, you look at their the blocking stats for the Capitals, they have three guys in the top ten for playoff blocks. How do you shut down the most effective offense in the league? You don't want the pucks to get to the net. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, you know it's uh, like just like you said, you're you're really kind of getting all your output even uh, for a majority of these playoffs through uh, through Kucherov. Obviously, 17 points, seven goals, and 10 assists. Um, you know, you're, you you definitely need somebody to come up big in Game Seven. Is it going to be like you said? Is it going to be one of the one of the people that that are should be the guys to step up like a Stamkos, or is it going to be another one of those role players that out of nowhere if you're going to get this win? What needs to happen? Oh, man, Game 7, you got to have the guys that you pay the big bucks to show up. you got to have those guys produce. This is why you pay them the big money. They need to, they need to come in clutch when your team needs it most. And it's going to be a death battle because you can't, obviously you can't have those guys out on the ice the entire time. And I do think that offensively Tampa is a deeper team than the Capitals. So if they can run their four lines of forwards and they can get you know, shots on goals from every line, you know, don't just put the burden on Stamkos and Kucherov of scoring, or else we're going to get blanked like we did in Game 6. You know, and obviously, one thing I hinge on to, especially myself, is I feel like Tampa Bay's defense, 
is so good that there's something that could change the entire setting of a, of a, of a whole series because of, of what they bring to the table. Obviously, Victor Hedman, you know, Mikhail Sergachev, who I still think we won the deal with the Jonathan Jeroen trade on that one. You oh, know, absolutely. Brought in Dan, Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough from, from the Rangers, Anton Strawman, Braden Colburn. And even if you really want to talk about youngsters, you know, Slater Cuckoo still is, is a nice piece that continues to evolve. Is this defense the key to shutting down Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, Jay Beagle, guys like that going into Game 7, were they more important to this win than the offense? Oh, yeah, no. That is undeniable that the defense will be the most – will make or break this game for the Lightning. You, you have so many big guns that the Capitals have. They've got Ovechkin, obviously the best goal scorer, arguably, of this entire generation. Uh, you've got Backstrom, who's now back and healthy. Uh, Lightning really should have taken advantage of that when he was, you know, hurt in the very beginning of the series. Uh, I, I would have liked to see more wins without him on the ice. It was definitely going to be harder yeah. now that he's back. And at um, home. And TJ Oshie, you cannot um, – oh, and at home, too. That's It's so rough to go, you know, to lose two at home. But, um, you know, you, you have to rely on your defense to shut these guys down. And Tampa Bay, on paper, has one of the best decors in the entire league. You know, I want to take a moment and you know talk about all the people who said that Dan Girardi was going to be a terrible signing for the Bolts. Said that he was going to be, you know, just a a anchor Ooh. on the Lightning defense. And he is no, tied ask, for the lead in blocks. Let me ask you this real quick. This is is this going to be a healthy rant? Like, do you want to rant no. chase? Because if you do, <laughs> no, no. If you do, I'm going to set you up. So I'm about to give you the opportunity to rant. To everybody that complained about Dan Girardi, right here. Let me see what The floor is yours, sir. I, I will challenge anyone that says that Dan Girardi has not been a quality signing for the Bulls this year. He was not signed to be a top pairing guy with Hedman. He's 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 past that age. It's not going to happen. But he has been such a quality depth defenseman, and it is shown in this series. He shut down Ovechkin last game. The Ovechkin tried to dangle him in the first period, and he swatted his stick away like it was nothing. It was it was an insult that Ovechkin tried to challenge him with that. And currently, currently through this series of playoffs, he is tied for with Ryan McDonough for the most blocks on the Lightning off on the Lightning team. And, you know, that's really coming big in the Lightning's penalty kill. Because if there's a team that you don't want to send on the power play in the postseason, it's the Capitals. They have so many big guns that they can throw at you. You don't want to mess with that. And he has been an absolute lockdown guy for the Lightning. And he doesn't have the biggest point totals, but he is good for 20 minutes a night, and he will be solid for almost all of those. You know he's still plus four on the uh, on the playoffs, so I uh, definitely playing dividends uh, as far as uh, as far as everything you just said. Uh, I have nothing to add to that. That was tremendous. That's that is. Let, let me just say this, Jordan, before you ask your question, since we're we're going back and forth here. That is the first time in the three and a half years we've ran the show that our guest has led the trash segment. 
Uh, I love it. <laughs> and I, I, I will never forget this. I've already texted my co-host on other shows that we run on this media network and said, ladies and gentlemen, we've just had our first guest run the trash segment. So, Chase, I, I commend you for that. And, and I commend you as a Lightning fan. Jordan, I apologize. The floor is yours, though. No, you're fine. Uh, you know, I, you know. Obviously, we were talking about obviously how he's been playing big um, for Kucherov, but he is uh, somehow. You know, some of the guys that you you expected from the uh, the plus minus isn't working out so well. So where's where's the miss the the the, the disjointedness coming from? Kucherov minus five, uh, J T Miller minus three, and uh, point uh, minus four. Where where what's going on with those forwards? So the Lightning have had a really, really bad problem over the last few seasons of passing themselves out of shooting opportunities. And um, I think that sometimes Kucherov tries to get a little too fine with the puck, and, you know, he tries to make an extra pass when, honestly, the best play would just be to get it on the net. Because if there's anyone that's taking a shot on the Lightning roster, I mean, Kucherov is he's one of, if not the, deadliest options. Um and honestly, you know, it, and that stuck out a lot. Um, there was a first-period rush where Kucherov was alone on the left side and Point was in some traffic to the left, tried to pass it through two guys, Point got mugged, and it was a, it was a giveaway. You know, it was a turnover. And that's, that's not what you – you can't have that, in, especially in a game seven. I'd rather a puck go off the net and, you know, make, make Holtby freeze it, make Holtby make a play, than just give it straight to the Capitals' defense. So, obviously, I, I look at this as something where when Tampa had had the the game six, I think it was heartbreak against the Chicago Blackhawks, I left the restaurant bar we were at and fended everybody else for the bill for themselves because I went like <laughs> a baby and cried in my car and punched the steering wheel and acted like a little bitch. And I will openly admit that. I'm fine with it. I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> game seven yeah. – we're at Amalur Arena. You know, this is, for them, lightning bolts, those be the thunder, those lightning bolts. The song that I wish we would have played for on the lead-in, but we didn't. What is your thoughts going into, I believe, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night here with this Capitals team? Is this one of those things where, where we show up and we come out and Andre Vasilevsky plays like that stud that he's supposed to be? Our defense shows up like it should and we go in there, you know, whether we're running the, the triplets line of, of, you know, past years. And shout out, by the way, I still have a triplets T-shirt that I ordered offline uh, with the triplets line on it. But what does this team need to do? What does John Cooper need to do to get this team ready for tomorrow? So, first of all, good on you for actually being able to leave the bar right after the game. Um, <laughs> game six final. <laughs> I had uh, one was my roommate, one was a buddy, and one was my fiance. And my fiance was wearing my Jonathan Taves jersey because I liked him from oh. the North Dakota days. So the second the game was over, I stood up and I walked out. And I don't know who paid our bill, and I don't care who paid our bill. But I laughed <laughs> going, man, this is some bleep bleep. You know, and I'm punching my studio <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> Yeah, I know that a whole lot of Bolts fans weren't able to leave the bar for a few hours after that, so good on you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But, uh, yeah, no, I if there a must-win game in the NHL, if there's any team that I'm putting money on, it's going to be the Lightning. They have had the big names that have been producing for them all season. 
Hedman's on a career high production, you know, production wise this season. Um, obviously, you have Kucherov breaking 100 points. Uh, you have Stamkos, who has turned into, you know, really a really versatile um, player for the Lightning. He can shoot when he needs to. He can set him up like the best of them. I think that this that game seven is going to be dominated by the Lightning. There, there is nothing that this team wants more than to get back to where they were, you know, two seasons ago or you know three seasons ago, and missing the playoffs completely last year, I think really, really sticked with a lot of the guys. I think that it really, you know, put a chip on their shoulder for this year. Like they got something to prove, and you know that Stamkos, he's he's really, really vying for a cup right now. I think there's no chance that we see the same lightning we saw in Game 6 come out for Game 7. They were flat-footed. They were getting absolutely run over by the Capitals. Their defense hits were like 39-19. to They were getting bullied around the ice. And, you know, they just really had no drive. And I would be surprised if that is the same bolt that we saw tomorrow night. And, and I agree, too. My, 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 uh, my, my roommate just texted me and said, uh, you actually left your card with us to pay the bill, so you didn't leave us high and dry. Because he's listening right now, so he's, he's as I said, the black hockey fan. So he's a, he's a big Marty San Louis guy. So that's how he got into the Lightning. But uh, you know, I I I look at this game seven, and as much as I shouldn't be nervous about game seven, I have a lot of the same feelings that I had when I I want to say. Four years or three years ago, I think it was the year before Chicago, um, where where Tampa was playing Boston to go to the Cup, and it went to seven games. And Steven Stamkos broke his nose, and they readjusted his nose, and they put that face guard on him like he was a collegiate hockey player. He went back on the ice. They lost by a goal in Game Seven and didn't make it in. That's the kind of scare that I'm having going into this game, where they're going to get behind and then realize they have to turn it on, and it's just going to be too little too late. Obviously, you mentioned that there's one team I don't bet against. It's the Lightning. I mean, is that something I should be worried about? I mean, you think they're going to come oh, yeah. more I mean, prepared than that? I mean, I, I oh, just, no. I mean look, look, I'm paranoid, man. I'm paranoid. I, I want <laughs> this team to win, but I, I've had a lot of heartbreak. I mean, you know, aside from when we beat a Gimla in Calgary, it's been a long, it's been a rough run. Yeah, you know, yeah, it really has, need, you know, looking over the past Do I need seasons. Nikolai Hobby Boon back? Do I need Darren Poopa back? Do I need Dave Anderchuk? Like, I mean, you know <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, it's only, it only makes sense to be nervous for a game like tomorrow, or, you know, at least, at least on edge. Because you got 82 games in the regular season, you got two rounds of the playoffs, and, you know, you either go on to play for the ultimate prize, or your season ends, you know, you might as well have not even been playing because you know no one get you don't get a prize for being runner-up in the Eastern Conference. That's you don't you don't get hardware for that. That's not you know that's not what your team is going for. So it's only it's only right to be you know nervous for this kind of opportunity because you got 60 minutes of hockey to play, and that's got to be the best 60 minutes that you have put forth so far, or else that you got to you know better luck next year. And no one wants that, especially not after a year, you know a franchise year for the Lightning this year. No one wants to head home, you know, like this. Especially not, you know, I don't think that many people anticipate the Capitals 
bringing it to seven with the Lightning. But I think they've definitely earned it. The Lightning could not convert at home first two games of the series, and they definitely deserve that last loss they had. So they have gotten themselves into a Game 7 situation, and now they've got to get themselves out of it. Are you 100% confident behind Andre Vasilevsky for Game 7? Oh, 100%. Like, has, has 100%. he done enough to show you that it doesn't matter that we got rid of Ben Bishop and that this is our guy? I've been behind him since we drafted him back. You know, I'm not going to lie, as crazy as this is, because we had a Vegas Golden Knights writer on right before this, but I'm one of the people who was pissed off we didn't take Malcolm Subban and took Vasilevsky. Um, oh, you know, wow. so as crazy, as crazy as that may be, but I was in the in the boat where I thought Malcolm Subban was going to be the deal. Obviously, Vasilevsky's played good enough. I have no confidence in Louis Domingue and Peter Budai. You know, are you ready to go oh, yeah, tomorrow no. night with, with Vasilevsky bass stopping for us? Yeah, no, I'm 100% confident in Vasilevsky. I think that Domingue is going to be the backup of the future. But he's not the guy that you want to have to rely on in a Game 7, of course. And, you know, I love Budai, class act guy, but his, you know, he's, he's getting, a little, getting a little old, and I don't think that he's going to be with the Lightning much longer. But I am 100% behind the big cat for tomorrow night. And I've been, I was a proponent of the Bishop trade before it even happened. I was a fan of it. I wrote about it. Got a lot of hate for it because a lot of Bull fans <laughs> love Bishop. Haters! <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. I love Bishop, too. I mean, Big Ben did a whole lot for our franchise. He, you know, he got us, you know, back to relevancy in the playoffs. But we just couldn't, you know, the 1A, 1B style of, you know, starting goaltender between Vasilevsky and Bishop wasn't effective. It wasn't getting Vasilevsky the time that he needed to grow. And I yeah. was excited for the Bishop trade, if nothing else, you know, if for no reason else, then to just put Vasilevsky in the net, give him time in the NHL, because this guy is going to be one of the best goalies in the league. And he's shown it. He's shown it. He's, yeah. you know, Vezina Trophy finalist. I mean, it, he's 23. Like, what, what oh, he's like, 23. Any, Anybody who doubts it, the, the, the cat's twenty three. You know, you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. He was playing in the Cup final before he could even drink. <laughs> Screw you, Jonathan Taves, for that. By the way. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but you're right. You know, I, uh, Andre Vasilevsky is is twenty three. He's going not to cut you off. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I, I have one hundred percent confidence in him, and he. And I say that because every game this series, he has done his best, whether or not the Lightning have shown up to help him or not. And we saw that last game. It is a miracle that that game was only 3-0 to zero because I honest, I think that, you know, you put Holby in that for the Lightning, that score is much, much higher. And not to take away from Holby, because Holby was definitely on his game, you know, enough to blink the bolts, but man, Vasilevsky, he, did, he tried his hardest to give the Lightning a chance, and they just did not respond. And, you know, regardless of the score... You know, regardless of how his team is playing in front of him, he is—he's been making highlight reel saves all year long, and I think that that's going to accumulate into something pretty special tomorrow night because he's not ready for this career season of his to be over yet, and he's—he's he's only 23. Yeah, and I mean, you know, 920 save percentage of 255 goals against average, he's 11 and five in the playoffs. 
Obviously, he gets the win. You know, he gets the 12. We need 16. But, you know, for everybody tripping out and freaking out about Andre Vasilevsky that, you know, oh, my God, you know, that's our goalie. Let's not forget about the days when Mike Smith was our goalie who didn't do anything. Let's not forget about... You know, one of my co, you know, one of our interns and co's, Johan Holmquist, one of the worst goalies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, so for everybody tripping out about Andre Vasilevsky, Johan Demtis has just opened the door. Demtis, you, the mic is yours. You know, come here, come here, come here. The mic is yours, Johan Holmquist. He's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I, mm, Black hockey fan Demtris has just left the building saying that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Johan Holmquist. <laughs> hey, people got to realize that Johan Holmquist backstopped this team after we had Nikolai Habibulin winning us the Stanley Cup when we had Andrew Chuck and everything. So I am all aboard the Andre Vasilevsky train. I, I think this team pulls out the victory. I really hope they do. Everything is in there you know, in their wheelhouse to win it. Obviously, I'm going to ask you this real quick before before we wrap this up, Chase, because I, I knew I was going to keep you longer than we planned, but damn it, I'm a Lightning fan, so that's going to happen. <laughs> we get I to the Stanley it. Cup. What's your feeling going into the into this series with Vegas? Obviously, Vegas had, you know, you could look at it two ways. One way where everybody goes, Vegas had – the option to pick the eighth best player and didn't have any opposition. So that's why they got, you know, Eric Hall and Alex Tuck from the wild, who were their fifth and eighth scorer and former lightning player. And now Florida Panther, Jonathan Marshall and William Carlson and all these type of studs. I get all that, but we also look at it as where George McPhee and Gerard Gallant wanted to draft a team that was ready to play fast pace offense Similar to, as I said earlier, to soccer fans, Leicester City with, you know, Jamie Vargas, um, who, uh, you know, the, the team had nothing but turnovers, but but uh, but Jamie Vardy, excuse me, uh, you know, they caused turnovers to get the puck back and try to make things happen. They drafted a good team and they did it well. What do you think Tampa can do against such an awkward style of a team that they are running with Gerard Gallant, who, you know, we are used to chase as a Florida Panthers coach, Gerard Gallant, running Vegas now. Yeah. And I mean, I knew that the March of show, the March of show, sorry, was going to break out eventually, but <laughs> man, and he did with Vegas. Oh, man. Oh, it uh, just, just dreams of what could have been, you know, but, um, um, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, this this Vegas team is something that I don't think that the NHL has ever really seen before, because it's you know especially now where the skill level between fourth line guys and first line guys is just so immensely different. You know these were teams that I mean these are players that you know their teams said okay this guy's expendable and they might not have been their first choice for expendable, but you know when it came down to it they picked the guys that they said you know these guys have to stay and these guys you know we're okay if they go we don't want them to go but if someone's gonna go you know they're they're an option and i don't think that that was the case in pittsburgh with flurry you know they yep. they would have loved to hold on to their their champion of course but um hey money talks this, man you got a free up salary cap they needed yep, to keep that Jake is very Depp. true oh and it made my heart so happy this year to see Pittsburgh fans talking about how Flurry never gave them this performance in that in the playoffs. <laughs> 
Oh, look, oh, I'm going to tell you this, not to cut you off here. My son, my, I got a two-and-a-half-year-old. His name is Sidney because when he was born, he was eight pounds, seven ounces. So 87. <laughs> Perfect. And then the, Perfect. then the Penguins win two cups after he's born. So I've, I've developed a soft spot for, for the Penguins. But I know I'm a, I, like, I'm, I will always be a Lightning fan. I, I dressed him in Lightning clothing when he was a, when he was a youth. A, a a small youth, as they call it. He was wearing lightning clothing. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. It's like, you know, every they took it for granted. You know, you you, you look at Pittsburgh fans. Not the, you know, I, I first and foremost, here, everybody listening. This interview is going longer than we thought because Chase is fantastic with his hockey knowledge, <laughs> and I cannot stop talking hockey. This we knew this was going to happen. Minnesota boy here. All I want to do is talk hockey, but. You know, it, it seemed like Pittsburgh put all their eggs in a basket with Martin Murray, and they kind of didn't realize, yes, you got to pay Marc-Andre Fleury, but that dude is such a cog in the wheel that it hurts not keeping him. He leaves Pittsburgh's oh, yeah. out, Vegas in. You know what I mean? Like, he's in a cup, Pittsburgh's not. And now Tampa has to get through Brayden Holtby to get to Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, it's definitely not the, uh, the easiest path goaltender-wise, because you know, at the start of the playoffs, it was crazy. Hope he wasn't even playing. And yeah, everyone yeah, everyone and their mother knew that that was a bad decision, honestly. I mean, you're, you're in the Stanley Cup playoffs now. You don't start your backup because your, goal, your starting goalie finished off the regular season on a little bit of a lull. And as soon as they put in Holby, boom, series over. A lot of people thought Columbus was, was going to um, take that one home, and they almost did. But as soon as Holby was in, not a problem. And I think that a lot of people expected – Pittsburgh, of course, to you know take over again, like they always do with teams, but he <laughs> proved solid for them too. But so you have you know the Lightning. So say the Lightning win tomorrow, they have gone through you know seven games of Holby, and now they've got Mark Andre Fleury, who has put up some of the most impressive oh performances God. in the playoffs that I've seen in forever. I mean, he's playing He's playing like he's 20. He's playing like he wants to win another cup. And that is exactly what he's going to do if the Lightning don't get more pucks than they got on Holby on him. You can't take, you know, you can't take, you know, middle-of-the-line shot opportunities and expect them to go again against Flirt. It's not going to happen. You know, and, and you're 100% right when you mention that because you, you look at even last night's game, Washington's out shooting Tampa. And that's the same thing that happened in game one and game two. And I understand game six was in Washington, so it's a little bit different. But losing those first two games with Washington was such an enormous, you know, although, look, one of the, you know, I'll say clothesline because we have a, we have a pro wrestling podcast on our network, and that's our biggest thing we have. And for our wrestling fans, they gave them a lariat. It hurt. It was rough, and Tampa's at a standstill. You know, not not to continue to circle back, and we're talking the same thing, but they got a lot of work to do. And I know they have a home ice advantage, but there's so many opportunities that Washington have where they're going to, you know, and, and you mentioned earlier in our conversation the power play. Tampa has taken some terrible penalties, some extremely oh, yeah. terrible penalties and those penalties have ensued in power plays that have come up with goals 
And Tampa yeah, see, the last Joe last game, Washington only had one opportunity, and they they capitalized on it. <laughs> I had no pun intended with the capitalized on it. <laughs> you know, that's one of those things. You know, if if you look at Game Seven with with this chase, you know, if if Tampa gets three penalties, is that the dagger? It it has the potential to be. Vasilevsky has been standing on his head for a lot of the penalty kills in the prior game. And, you know, the defense, if they can come up and block some shots, then it it could be. But the de- the penalty kill, you know, ask any Lightning fan, the penalty kill has not been the Lightning's strong suit all season. It's far from it. And, you know, if you if you put this Capitals team on the power play, you know, three, four times, you know, even two times tomorrow night, you can't expect to be 100% on the PK. You want to be, but... You, you know, you can't take those opportunities and say, oh, yeah, we'll just kill it off and we'll get right back on them as soon as the penalty's over. It's not realistic. No. And and it's frustrating, too, because you look at the first two games that, that Tampa lost, it was it was a decent amount of times where, you know, it's a one-goal game and then they do something stupid. You know, and, and yep. I understand <laughs> everybody, you know, we have all these fans who come on and go, well, I'm a Lightning fan because they have half of the Rangers on their team. Half of the oh, Rangers. God, the Tampa Bay team. Rangers. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've heard that right. so many times this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And, and it's so frustrating because it's like, all right, you want to call us the Tampa Bay Rangers, that's fine. But tell your dudes to stop getting in the penalty box. Tell your yeah. dudes oh, to, Lord. to knock it off. You know what I mean? And and it, it it just continues to show where the discipline that John Cooper had with the team earlier just doesn't seem to be there. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're running out of time here, which is what I wanted because I wanted to talk nothing but hockey. <laughs> what do you think tomorrow night? Like, if if you're going, you know, obviously you're going into this game, I, I'm, you know, I won't be able to start this game until about 9 o'clock tomorrow, so I'm going to be DVR'd, fast-forwarding commercials. My Twitter's turned off. You know, if you if you tweet me, hey Ryan, we won the game. I won't hear a damn word you said because I will not be looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> but what is your thought going in tomorrow? Like, are we getting this dub? Are we going? Are we going into the play uh, Stanley Cup? Are we going to knock out Vegas and stop Cinderella? I am betting on the Bolts, but <laughs> big but at the end of that, they cannot play like- reactively tomorrow. I do like butts, but it, not that. <laughs> if they play reactively tomorrow, they can they can kiss the cup final goodbye. And you know, I think that's where a lot of their frustration came from. You know, the three games that they've lost so far. You know, they um, you know, they got into this cycle last last game, game six, where they had to make a big, a long defensive stand, couldn't get a change. When they finally got possession, they tossed it on down, get a change, and then they're back playing defense again. And you know, it's just this this repetition over and over again. You're just gassing your guys playing defense, getting nothing really going offensively, and you know, all the while Washington's just piling on the shot. If they play reactively and you know they they let Washington dictate the flow of the game, you know, game over. And I I do believe that that is how they will lose the game tomorrow. They will win if they start playing more physically first of all. Don't let Washington you know bully them all around the ice, you know, Smith, Pelly, and. Wilson, you know, don't let them have their way with the guys. Um, and if they can get off to a quick start, if they can, you know, get things going fast, you know, not necessarily, you know, I'm not going to be greedy and say I want another, you know, goal 19 seconds in like Paquette had, but 
you know, if they can, you know, at least say, if they can at least show, hey, we're not getting, you know, pushed off the puck this game, you know, we're getting shots on your goal and um, we're blocking them when you come down for us, then I think that they can really dictate the flow of this game and it'll turn out positively for them. If they get past Washington tomorrow and we move into the weekend playing for the Stanley Cup Finals, which I'm hoping Tampa does, what do you think the series goes against Vegas? I'm going to say Tampa in six. I'm going to yeah, say Tampa in let's six. let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to bet against, you know, such a Cinderella story like this. You know, you don't really see this this often in sports, you know, especially professional leagues like this. You know, expansion team, first year in the league, never happens. But, you know, I think that the luck's got to run out somewhere. And I do think that Tampa is a deeper team. I think that's going to have a lot to do with the outcome of that series, you know, if it comes to if it comes to be. And I think that eventually, you know, Vegas' you know, first-year luck has got to run out. Yeah, that's the exact answer I want to hear. We're, we're gonna, look, I'm going to get back to you. If, if Tampa wins Game 7, we got to have you back on talking Stanley Cup. So, Chase, be ready. Oh, I'm going to be pulling you up. <laughs> I, Absolutely, I man. I look forward to it. Real quick before we we've let you go and, and close the show, plug everything you got: Twitter, Facebook, Blood Type, you know, everything, website, the whole nine <laughs> yards. Oh uh, yeah, so we are Bolts by the Bay. We're the fan side side of Lightning. You can find us on Twitter, same name, Bolts by the Bay. Uh, we live tweet all the games, you know, reactions, uh, pregame, postgame, all that good stuff. Lots of good content coming out daily. So you can find us there. And I do respond to Twitter. So if you want to leave a question on Twitter or you want to reach out on Twitter about something that you heard tonight, I'll I'll talk back to you. Yeah, what, what's your Twitter? What's your Twitter? Uh, Bolts by the Bay. Bolts by the Bay. I, I know I, I saw a, uh, a extra uh, a Twitter that we threw out with your name on. Oh, yeah, so, it's uh, uh, Chase underscore K150. Um, just and, shout uh, that's, out. That's linked in the Bolts by the Bay page. <laughs> just, just a shout out. He he may not follow you back because he didn't follow us back. So uh, <laughs> you, you got it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around. I'm just, I'm just kidding around. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Uh, Chase, I I'm the biggest diehard, but I still have my Darren Poopa jersey. I am such a diehard oh, Bolts fan. I <laughs> cannot wait. After, you know, dude, Chris Gratton, Brian Bradley, Roman Hammer, like you talk about it, I'm with you. Um, I cannot wait to have you on after we beat Tampa, or excuse me, Washington tonight, and we get game seven, we get to the cup, we will have Chase back on because we got to talk more Bolts hockey. Chase, thank you so much for coming on, man. I can't wait to talk to you again and celebrate our victory that we're going to get in, I don't know, 12 hours. Seven hours or whatever from now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll I'll block off my calendar for next Tuesday. <laughs> Perfect. I'll be looking we'll forward to, to it. Next Tuesday. That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate. It. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> All right. Chase Kimball, Kimball, coming on next Tuesday. We are going to talk Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. We appreciate y'all coming on. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm choking. Uh, catch us next Sunday night. We will finally, we'll be back to sports, or uh, uh, standing eight count radio. Uh, Marlon Sims will be on. Catch 
the pop culture is tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Also, Thursday or Saturday, we will have our women's fantasy draft for WrestleCast Radio. We'll be rocking and rolling for y'all. We appreciate everyone that came on. Steve Kubica for Buffalo Down, Chase Kimball from VoltsWriterBay.com, and also Rich Cardinal from VegasHockeyNight.com. Everybody has been fantastic. We appreciate y'all, and we'll catch you later. Peace out. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra-strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra-strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Hey!